Greetings, friends. Future Andrew here, dropping into these past episodes to tell you thanks. Thanks for checking out RTAF. If you're valuing the show as a wellspring of inspiration and artistic fuel and would like to help keep the show going, you can find out more about how to do that at patreon.com slash podcast. Every little bit adds up and keeps me inspired to bring you quality content on a consistent basis. Thanks for listening, and stay creative. Welcome to another episode of Artsy AF. Thanks for being here. This week's episode is with 2.5D sculptural <laughs> artist slash painter Kyle Deneen. Kyle creates these uh, really unique uh, sculpture-like optical illusions involving mirrors and lights and he creates them in what was it a google it's like a google cad program yeah. kind of i, I can't some remember what it's called program of some sort yeah but but they're really awesome and unique and we met kyle at mirrors gallery uh psychonauts opening he was another artist featured there and um yeah we decided to do a podcast with him yeah I mean, he's a young up-and-coming artist. He was visiting Colorado from, uh, he's from Columbus, Ohio, and it was fun while he was in town to uh, get him to sit down, come over to my apartment, and talk about what he does and what he's grooving on. Yeah, so uh, we hope that you guys enjoy this one, and without any further ado, Kyle Denis. Also, we've also, we've also, we've also, we've also, we've added a way that you can support the podcast. If you go to the show description on iTunes or Spotify, at the end of the description, there'll be a link that will take you to a website where you can make a monthly donation if you're feeling it. Or you can go to artsyafpodcast.com and there's a support the podcast link on the homepage. It helps us out tremendously and we're trying to expand. So we thank you guys for all your support. Your support. All right. So we got Kyle Deneen. Is that how you say your last name? Yeah. Awesome. With us today. Uh, mean Deneen. Mean Deneen. <laughs> You're actually really, really nice. And uh, yeah. so... Um, What's well, cool, we just met a couple of days ago. We we yeah. all met at uh, the Psychonaut show at Mirrors Gallery. Yeah. Met a lot of artists that I've been looking up to for a very long time. It was a humbling experience, to say the least. Very uh, excited to just be a part of that. Yeah, right. Be in that room. Yeah, it was totally. such a beautiful show with tons of high-level artwork by a bunch of artists. I think we all are humbled to be hanging yes. our own walls with. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So, That's cool. Right? We're all three in the same show, too. I yeah. know. Yeah. <clears throat> and po- post-Psychonauts yeah. show. Post-Psychonauts uh, podcast. Debriefing. <laughs> yeah, Psychonauts actually a word that um, I never really, like, put myself in that realm. I always was like, well, you know, I like to take psychedelics and, and use that as a tool, which is exactly what that is, but... Mm-hmm for some reason, never connected myself with that. And I saw the, the invite to this show and I was like, man, this is like, it's kind of leading me into figuring out what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And like, as far as the visionary art, it was, 
again, that I didn't really connect myself with that word because I didn't understand what visionary art is. And I'd like to like hear what you guys think about what exactly it is because I've heard so many different things. It's like you can't <laughs> no, really put a definition on yeah, it. Yeah, no one really knows what it is. Um, it, yeah, it, I think it one. just is, it, it has something to do with um, the feeling of otherworldliness or transcendence or bringing something death. into this realm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we actually talked about this with Jack. Uh, Jack Schur, our buddy, and we we kind of, uh, you know, there's a lot of trappings that go along with uh, visionary art and the the kind of maybe holier-than-thou type of yeah vibe that some of it can bring. And um, I mean, just the word visionary in its own kind of throws mm-hmm. you off because it's like you think of someone that's a visionary and they're like the top yeah. of the top, like someone. Yeah, it's like Martin it's not Luther necessarily King, that. It, you know, or... or I always I thought of it else, kind of, um, I, I've had a vision of a brighter, more beautiful future, mm-hmm. more creative, communal, healthy culture. And that in realization of that, I'm, I'm creating art in the wake of that mm-hmm. towards a vision of a better future mm-hmm. with other people. Right. So that's, I guess, what visionary art means to me personally, mm-hmm. but it takes on so many flavors, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah, some are just like dreamscapes, and yeah, yeah, it could be a could be an actual dream or a daydream or psychedelic induced. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way that I always thought about it was like literally taking psychedelics, seeing something, and bringing that back into this reality, yeah. which is just mm-hmm. a little chunk of it, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why I never tied myself to the word visionary artist. And um, it was about two months ago, and I had a very heavy acid trip that. Uh, it was almost like the the Bandersnatch episode of uh, Black Mirror where you make the guy take the acid, you click the controller. It was kind of <laughs> like that because I had no idea I was going to take, you know, whatever ridiculous amount that I took. Never had <laughs> even thought about it. So it was it was all of a sudden it was in my body. I had no choice. Yeah. <laughs> no yeah. turning back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> With about 15 minutes into that, my entire body is vibrating. Where, where were you? In my basement at okay. my house. So I've cool. never tripped at my house. I always go in the woods or yeah, a yeah. festival or a show. Mm-hmm. So right off the bat, it was kind of weird. But again, like I felt like I didn't take that acid. It was weird. My buddy mm-hmm. actually gave it to me and he said, you deserve this. And I thought about <laughs> it and I was like, man, I had, you know, I've been working my ass off for six, seven months straight on yeah. the festival in Columbus. <clears throat> What's your festival? It's called What Fest. Hang on, what? What? Yes. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. No, it's called What Fest. Sorry, just a little shout out. <laughs> no, What What Fest? Yeah, then? What Music and Arts Festival, Columbus, Ohio. Oh. Um, so I took the acid, and in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, why? And I think the reason why is I need to see my art. This was as I had just been invited to this Psychonaut show right. and hadn't connected yeah. myself with that necessarily. And it took that to to see it for the first time, to see my art for the first time through that lens was like that aha moment of like, wow, you know, I'm not the one that's solely in charge of creating these things. Yeah. There's Mm -hmm. something else in play here. Maybe I'm a vessel. Maybe we all are just kind of channeling some energy into our art that is from somewhere else. It's it's interesting, right? Whenever you're in, when you're just being creative and you're making something, you're in this state, of being your mind somewhere you're somewhere you almost don't even realize what's going on and then 
if you take a psychedelic or something that kind of is like a time out from yourself and you look at what you made, you're like, wait, who made that? Like, who yep. was that guy? What, what happened? It was exactly what happened, man. I, I looked at this, the, the piece that I brought to, to the show. Um, I looked at it and it was not just moving and beautiful, but like straight up, it was a portal of energy that was mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. flickering all these beautiful colors in my face. But at the same time, it was like laughing at me like, <laughs> oh, you thought, you know, you thought <laughs> that you were the one that did this, you know. <laughs> And I'm just like, man, what, <laughs> what is this? But it was interesting because to that point, I had never like, I had never saw anything that I did as visionary art or, you know, mm. even psychedelic, even though the one piece that I did that I brought to the mirrors gallery, uh, was probably the only piece that I would have considered visionary because it was something that I physically saw while hallucinating at a bass nectar show actually. <laughs> and it was this, this grid made out of data, um, all wrapped around the walls, wrapped around the the skin on the guy in front of me selling water bottles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was on the floor, it was everywhere. And I, I took a second to be like, okay, pay attention. You know, what is going on here? What are these patterns? And I'm realizing, you know, there's S shapes, there's L shapes, there's squares. There was only, no no line ever turned more than twice. So you get an S shape, at max Mm -hmm. um there was no single line if it was a single line it was just a square but every one of these shapes fit perfectly into this grid there was no weird spaces you know it was the exact same spacing around every single thing Mm -hmm. and i started looking at these details and picking it apart like okay focus on this like within 30 seconds the whole thing kind of starts to fade away as my adrenaline kicked in Mm -hmm. realizing like oh shit you know we might live in the matrix. <laughs> like, well, very, very scary moment. It's so interesting too, because when you do see that, um, it seems really important to pay attention to it. And it's so fleeting. But I don't know. Yeah, then you can't really uh, word it or language. And it. I honestly, I just, something I don't even expect to ever see again. Like, I feel <laughs> like I could try and try and try to see this thing again. And it just has to be the right scenario. I, th- something. I think I've found, um, yeah, you can't force it. I've see, so I've seen it many times over the years, but it's something that if you try to see it, it's gonna it's gonna be elusive. It's like trying then, to call a cat over to you to to pet it. Yeah, and, and then they rarely will come over. Yeah, and then but if every once in a while, if you're kind of like zenned out or something, yeah, <laughs> in the right space in the right time, you'll feel this like this impending like oh, it just <laughs> opens up to you. Yeah, and I I have a feeling it had a lot to do with what was going on around me at the time because there was some, it was right, it was probably 20 minutes into Bass Nectar's set and right at the time where, you know, kids are just flooding out of this place, like going to get water or going to get themselves taken care of. There's a dude that fell down the stairs, was not a good sight to see when you're in that mindset. There was a guy in a wheelchair behind me. These things were happening. These balloons were popping above me. These giant balloons were popping (laughs) like machine guns. And I'm just not, I'm all over the place. You know, I feel like my brain didn't know what was going on. And then all of a sudden this pattern appeared and I had no idea. Like, it seems like it should be the other way around. You know, when your adrenaline really pumps and starts to kick in, everything should go back to normal. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, Mm -hmm. something leading up to that, or maybe it's just the right timing, kicked this stuff on real quick. And I 
even after it faded away, I saw it in, in, in certain things throughout the night, like in the way that the crowd was moving. Yeah. It's just very weird, subtle things that maybe, I kept seeing. Maybe it was some sort of, uh, some sort of, uh, like pattern to let you know that even though all these crazy, uh, things are happening around you, that there's some sort of quote unquote plan yeah. or, uh, just yeah. at least a, a a grid or a matrix where things yeah and this yeah. feeling of like freaking out by clinging on to the physical reality you're getting it's letting you know that uh don't freak out man it's all <laughs> yeah this perfect divine grid pattern yeah there's also something interesting about um how you said you never really thought about or thought of yourself as a visionary artist or a psychonaut, but then being part of an art show, uh, kind of with that title kind of awoken you to that, which I think is a really interesting part of art is that if we make stuff, we just keep it to ourselves. We, we miss out on so much meaning of what is happening. Mm. So then, uh, feedback you get externally kind of helps shape and help you understand. Yeah how you're well, that's, with the that world was the interesting part about it is like out of nowhere i get invited to this psychonaut show mm-hmm. and i'm like wow okay so maybe i am a psychonaut maybe what i do <laughs> is visionary art but <laughs> then when you really think about it this this grid that i'm describing to you guys that you've already seen and i know tons of people have seen it and have their own iterations of it uh, i got back to the hotel room i drew this out i got back home i put it in my computer and expanded it um, I took a chunk out of that grid that stood out to me and found different reflections around itself to get that full um, four-way reflection. Um, and just, it was one of those things where, again, you kind of, you know, not necessarily black out, but you wake up towards the end, you kind yeah. of snap out of it and you're mm-hmm. like, oh shit, <laughs> what is this thing? And it already has colors on it. Like it's already in 3d, yeah. like, okay, I'll take it. Um, and that was it, man. I sat there for another couple of days and I threw different color palettes in there and I tried different things to make it look better. Mm-hmm. Always the original one. You yeah. know, I always yeah. go back to that original one. Yeah. So you're working out of Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. And would you call yourself a sculpture artist? I yeah, guess. I guess. I mean, that's the way that I've described it to people because the, the immediate question when you tell someone you're an artist or they find out, well, what kind of art do you do? It's mm-hmm. easier for me to just be like, well, it's sculptural. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in my mind, it's kind of still 2.5D because all I'm doing yeah. is really bringing up those layers and, and extruding them up. Mm-hmm. But there's not another there's not another plane that would be like 3D unless you count like, those edges, you know. Right, right, but yeah. it seems more of a 2.5D thing. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, the one that I just recently finished has like three different planes in it. Still 2.5D, but you can get some slopes in there um, mm-hmm. and some breaks in there that are interesting. But that yeah, one's really, really cool, man. The mine sounds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's your newest one on your Instagram. Yep. yep. And um, yeah, it's got like, again, we'll post pictures and stuff, but yeah. uh, it's like these Podcast sloping notes. kind of cubes coming out of uh, the, the wood or your. Yeah. Your, your two-dimensional surface and um so like what do you what do you what kind of tools do you use do you use like a cnc or for that piece i did use a cnc router uh i used um 
it's just white maple plywood. So it's about a quarter inch thick and I just cut everything out on the CNC machine, mm-hmm. uh, prep all my edges with, um, like spackle and primer and stuff like that, fill in the little gaps and make it smooth. Nice. Um, just tons and tons and tons of prep work, especially on that piece. Um, uh, it's like the, the most fun part is always the painting and assembly. It's yeah. like Finishing seeing it all come to life. Yeah. So is it, they all start out as drawings. Um, did you, do you have a design experience? I, I had no design experience or anything really. Um, a lot of them start out on paper. I get like 15% through the design and I'm like, all right, cool. And I'll get into the computer okay. and c- continue to expand it on there. All right. <clears throat> um, usually the computer is where that kind of like blackout type thing happens where <laughs> you just go and you're more like in a trance and mm-hmm. you know, next thing you know, you had been there for two hours working on something kind yeah. of unconsciously mm-hmm. and that's yeah. where that channeling happens. And yeah. I know the difference between when I'm in that zone and when I'm trying to make art. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Night and day totally. difference. When you're trying to make something, you just, you know, yeah, it's not even close to the same. Yeah. For when me, you're it's making like, decisions. Yeah. Yeah, don't it's, like, make it's just, it's not really a decision. It's more just like following the next thought or following yeah. the next move. And it's barely even a thought. It's just like, oh, well, this is what I'm doing. And I'm also like thinking about how cool it would be if I, if I did this brush stroke right now. And, mm-hmm. or, you know, you're just kind of, I don't know what to call it. You're in the flow, I guess, Yeah, yeah. is, is what everybody says. State. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the the thing that helps me out with staying in that flow state, um, when I use SketchUp to design stuff, I will take a copy of whatever it is I'm working on. When I get to whatever point that I'm, you know, subconsciously, I'm like, all right, make a copy of this, put it over to the right and continue working on it. Mm-hmm. And you'll never mess up, mm-hmm. mess up with, you <laughs> yeah. know, because that way it's continually, it's continuously growing each step of the way. And if I can just make a copy of it, I don't even have to worry about making a conscious decision or messing it up or taking the wrong path, you know, yeah, yeah. even though there is no wrong path. Right. But it's cool because once I get to the end, I can see, I can go back and see my thought process from, okay, I started with this square. I yeah. cut the corner out of the square. Yeah. Then I cut the triangle, I cut it into a triangle and I flipped that and then I did this and I did that. Yeah. But you can see as each decision is made, and I call them decisions, but it's not, of course, because... Otherwise, you're not doing it right. <laughs> you're deciding. Yeah, or you're not in the flow state. In, in the type of state that I like to get yeah. in. Yeah, it's not. There are no decisions. There are no rights and wrongs. It's yeah. just this motion. You can get motion. faster and faster. Yeah, but then at the end, you realize that um, there are unlimited combinations to these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And especially when you're starting digitally, um, and I can see you know, moving three steps right, and then from there... You've got one iteration on the top. You've got one iteration on the bottom. I decided to go with the bottom on that one, mm-hmm. kept moving to the right. You know, three iterations of that one, chose one, kept moving. And it's like, it looks like music. Yeah. In the I way that, say. yeah, it's it's really interesting. It's really cool. Or like a Especially. probability tree or a circuit board. Or yeah, but I think that's, <laughs> that's the way that I'm able to really stay out of the process mm-hmm. is by just doing that and then kind of letting it happen on its own. It's a cool workflow. Seems to make That's sense. Rad. Being able to be kind of a digital artist and then yep. manifest that into actual. And I've tried painting, object. and I think that's my issue with painting is like, it's much more of a conscious thing where I'm like worried that I'm going to mess something up and paint mm-hmm. over it. But mm-hmm. if you can get to that point where you're just like, you know, I'll paint over this, paint over that, yeah, yeah. this mm-hmm. part, you can 
basically do exactly what I'm doing on the computer, but with a canvas and a paintbrush. Right, so I'd yeah. love to be able to get to that <laughs> point in painting to where I can comfortably just like get anything out there, you know, unconsciously, essentially. There's yeah. like all these layers of creativity. And mm-hmm. I, I think what's cool too is just being present with whatever way creativity wants to flow through you. you yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and whether that's music or dance or any kind of, any form of art, mm-hmm. I've actually started making a little bit of music myself too. Nice. Oh, cool. um, definitely want to dig into that quite a bit more because it's a really good outlet really good creative outlet yeah it's totally. cool to perform music on a stage that you made yep. yourself <laughs> yeah i've talked Actually. about it maybe that means it'll happen what do you guys think about manifestation yeah sometimes like, you gotta shit. be careful about what you say because you're like oh, i know I yeah that. i know that's like me with comedy <laughs> yeah <laughs> well there, there's this funny thing where i think I, I guess when i was younger or i didn't have as much belief in my own ability to do stuff you just say things and not feel a commitment to it but i think um as you as i followed the art path and learned how to paint learn how to i don't do do everything associated with it after a while you start realizing like if i you say if i say i'm gonna do something like you're gonna i have to do it yeah or else you're gonna feel that like pang of regret in the back of your mind Mm -hmm. you know and you're kind of like a liar too a bit yeah (laughs) yeah it's like you know, yeah. Well, usually when you say those things, you're you're confident enough in them that they happen. I think that's a big part of mm-hmm, it. Also, totally. visualization, being yeah. able to actually see that whatever it is that you're creating, or yeah. mm-hmm. like these things that I've done that I've talked about, I have seen them, seen them in my mind, yeah, very yeah. clear. Mm-hmm. And you know, they're not spot on, but if you can see it in your mind, that just adds to the confidence of being able to do that thing. Sure, mm-hmm. you've already seen it. Sure, and I've yeah. had dreams of seeing my own art in a dream, like mm-hmm. in a gallery. And That's I got cool. extremely jealous. Like, it was <laughs> weird, man. I got really, really jealous. I was like, man, someone straight up did my thing better than I could ever do it. You know, it was like, <laughs> no, it took me a second to realize I was in a dream <laughs> that I created that in, in my dream and walked up to it. And I was like, <laughs> mind blown when I woke up. I was super happy. Like, someone didn't beat me to my thing. It's just yeah. like, yeah. hilarious to say because it's not even like, that's not even a thing. You know, everyone right. has their own style. Everyone has their own thing. And like there really shouldn't be any type of jealousy in the art world. Cause like when people are doing awesome shit, yeah. you should be right there. Like, yes, yeah, dude, exactly. continue doing that. I'm going to do my thing. Let's meet up in the middle. Yeah. yeah totally. So it's, it was just one of those weird things where you know, in a dream, you might not necessarily feel the same way we do when we're awake. So it's like that jealousy and those, like those deeper things are easier to come out in there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> right. Yeah, yeah. You're not, uh, you're not able to, yeah, you're not level headed <laughs> consciously repress any like, unwanted emotions mm-hmm. in your dream yeah. but that's that's cool i don't know you What's know it? that's such a great adjective there but uh <laughs> but that's that's interesting it's, it's really interesting too i mean when you don't or when you don't just say like oh that's your imagination so you you have a vision of something that's going to happen mm-hmm. and if you actually take that stuff to heart or you take it seriously mm. per sincerely. se sincerely yeah if you take those things sincerely like what you're what is manifesting out of your imagination or what you're downloading. And if you actually honor it and appreciate it and, you know, act right now in accordance with what would get you towards that thing that you visualized, it happens again mm-hmm. and again. Yeah. And then you, you start waking up and you're inside of your dream, you know? Yeah. And then once you, as you keep practicing that, you know, having a vision, having an inkling of something, and achieving it that becomes like it becomes habit after a while right yeah like, it's it's kind of like um making goals um 
for me, that's when I hear people say manifestation, I usually think you've either made a goal consciously and written it down and gone for it, or there's some kind of goal within you that's so strong that it pops up through your dreams or you want to will it um, into reality so much that you take time maybe to visualize it and see it mm-hmm. come true. I have a hard time with the visualization thing, or I've, maybe I've just yeah. never taken the time to do it. Um, you mean like seeing actual visions? Yeah, just being like, oh, okay, I see myself you know, selling all my paintings this year or what, whatever hmm. yeah. it is, you know? Yeah. Um, well, it depends on, uh, different types of people. I think intuit differently as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think any, but everybody maybe is a strong visualizer. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that they're yeah. less tapped in. It's but just kind of how you're like, right. Yeah. And mine comes and goes. I mean, it's, I'm not like, I can't just close my eyes and go somewhere like, right. uh, like Ooh, Tesla. True. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Like go build machines in my dreams and right. fix them up and figure <laughs> out what's wrong with them. Like, right. That's a whole nother level. But like, kind of this daydreaming of like seeing, you know, a festival or a future like stage or something that like in the, in the daydream type vision, you don't even necessarily know it's yours or like something that you're doing, Mm -hmm. but the feeling is present. And I think that lasts quite, quite a long time. Sure. That like deep urge of like wanting to actually complete these goals. And I've never actually written any goals down. But like that's something that I'm actually after this was like I need to actually go and write some of these things down yeah, and check them off as that, I go. Yeah, that's that's, really that's what works for me. <clears throat> mm-hmm. yeah. That works for me. And then also if I'm just like full throttle flowing through life, things seem to just like pop, pop, pop. You know, like yep, good things happen. More good and, things and happen. pairs of threes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. How if you're just flowing, yeah, it works. But if you write stuff down, it works too. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It could be maybe, the left brain, left brain, right? Yeah, brain it's a thing. collab I, between I found, the hemispheres. <laughs> yeah. I found like a tremendous shift in my life by actually writing stuff down. I've heard. There, especially like um, almost anything that is happening. Like, even lately I've been writing every day what my mood was like that day, mm. uh, what substances may, maybe I took that day. And you start by actually like getting this stuff out of your mind and putting it on a paper, mm-hmm. you get to see everything with such clarity. And then your reality starts shifting in a positive direction just through the act of like chronicling uh, what you're going through. Maybe you have more you bandwidth to too. Just like mm. getting stuff out of your mind. Yeah, clearing the clutter. Yeah, clearing like, some files yeah. out. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I think uh, Terrence McKenna said that, was it mushrooms is like a... Uh, the tool to mathematically unpack the brain into higher dimensional space. <laughs> I believe. <laughs> I like that. I love it. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's spot on or not, but uh, wait, can you say that one again? True enough. It's, uh, <laughs> mushrooms are a tool to mathematically unpack the brain into higher dimensional space, which <laughs> straight up seems like what's going on there. You yeah. know, you come back from it and you're just full of creativity for a solid couple months more than usual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but you feel like there's space, mm-hmm. you know, there's, mm-hmm. it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it's like defragging or something or, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I've always thought of mushrooms and really any psychedelic to just kind of melt that veil away that, uh, <laughs> kind of like a, a sheath that's surrounding us, keeping us, 
in our sober day-to-day lives, which we need to be in this bubble Mm -hmm. to do the things that we're doing every day. Yeah. But you take something like that, like mushrooms, for example, my very first time ever, I felt this bubble melt away Mm -hmm. and the reality was in front of me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Looked pretty similar to the one that I'm in, Mm -hmm. but, you know, the tree kind of looked like it was made out of Legos. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Plastic and stuff. Like, it was kind of cool, but... Um, there was more there than just the visual surprise. It was the, uh, the, some higher spaces that we were accessing there. And yeah, as yeah. the more we, you know, test out these things, the more we practice with these substances, like the easier it is to get to these higher spaces mm-hmm. and realize what's there. I'm nowhere close to understanding much of it, but it definitely is a tool. Um, yeah. it's not something that I really do to just have fun, but even like at, even at shows and stuff, man, it's a tool to like listen to the music in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I totally feel like the music is, is different when you're listening to it on acid or mushrooms. Oh, definitely. So you appreciate a lot it's more a tool s- in that subtleties way. in it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. No. I mean, mm-hmm. I, at electric forest this year, I was combining mushrooms and acid throughout the day and I started seeing like energy fields coming off of people and the yeah. people that were running around smiling having a beautiful time seemed to have more of this glow coming off of them. Mm-hmm. And it was like a, it was really fuzzy. It was almost like a mirage where you see like heat coming off of a, of a pavement or something. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. like heat coming off of these people, Yeah, but it was a very on. fuzzy. Um, I don't know exactly how to describe it, but almost like you could see that there was like a very fine mist around them. But instead of only seeing the, the plane that's directly in front of you, you're seeing three-dimensionally in space all of it you know mm-hmm. so that's not a good way to explain it but so like en- no, energetically charged up <clears throat> and maybe if they're in a state of peace it's almost like they're um they're not so locked in to their idea of themselves mm-hmm. so you're seeing this like fragmentation of uh them, all their selves then mm-hmm. dissolving yeah. into the one yeah yeah being yeah. present and illuminated in that also um What you were just describing reminds me of that uh, question mark piece that you did because there's, I don't know if you use mirrors. I wanted to ask you about that. Is it mirrors? Yeah, it's an infinity mirror. Okay. And so it's like a question mark and it's, I don't know, maybe you could explain it. Yeah, so it's it's a question mark. It's about three feet tall and only three inches thick, but the illusion that you make with the mirrors within that three inch channel makes it look like it's five, six feet thick. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the way that you do that is, I mean, imagine yourself standing in like a bathroom with a mirror on both walls. You're essentially standing inside the channel. Mm -hmm. So that's basically, a lot of times when I make my art, I imagine shrinking myself down to that level. So even the question mark, it's like shrink myself down into there. Mm -hmm. You know, what what could go on in here to change things up quite a bit? but you have that three inch gap and that's important because the larger the gap is and the more light that's inside of that channel, you're going to get more reflections Mm -hmm. off of that. So I've done infinity mirrors with a half inch gap and you get, you know, 11 reflections. Um, so I did three inches on this one and I did two strips instead of one Mm. and I got like 30 something reflections out of that. Um, plus double strips. So it looks like there's 60 strips of LEDs in there, but there's only two. Right. Huh. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um, is there is there a limit to how how wide you can make the channel, and then how much illusion you can pull out of that? I bet you you could make one that looks like it goes to China. <laughs> <laughs> you stepped on it's, it. It's an infinity mirror, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah infinity. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's it's just imagine it as an equation. You know, you add more depth, right? 
you get well, brighter. I was, you I was more just brightness asking, too. Uh, like practically, is there like limits in terms of material or, or weight or, or anything like that? Well, I mean, when we started talking about bigger infinity mirrors, I immediately imagined them like embedded in the ground mm. and you can walk on top. I'm kind of like at electric Ooh. forest. They ha- I think they've had that the past couple years. Um, but with those ones, I can immediately tell, you know, there's not a massive channel in there. It's probably one or two strips of LEDs in a small channel. Let's say they would have made that a three foot channel and yeah. just add you even been... the same amount of strips, yeah, yeah. but bigger channel. Right. Every time it reflects, it reflects that bigger channel. So for mine, it's reflecting three inches over right. and over until it runs out of light. Okay. So for this one, it would okay. reflect two feet over and over until it runs out of light. Now, if you pack that two feet with strips completely down to the bottom, yeah. I mean, you would have a tunnel that you could see as far as your vision could see. Right. I mean, it's you crazy. can just scale that up as much as you want. <laughs> yeah. Cool. But yeah. Let's go to China. <laughs> <laughs> right. Did you, um, did you do construction work or anything before you started making this stuff? No, actually, um, it's kind of funny how it all happened because I had never made a sculpture or anything. Um, in my mind, I've kind of, I saw the end of where I, where I wanted to be and I didn't know where the start point was there. And this all kicked off after my first Bass Nectar show. I was ready to go to business school and wear a suit and tie and make a (laughs) bunch of money because that was important. It still is, unfortunately. Um, but everything shifted. I went to that show and I, I saw whatever it was that I saw that experience, the people, the, the music, the lights, the entire thing combined. And I said, whatever this is, I have to be a part of it. Yeah. And I didn't know what it was that I was going to do, but <clears throat> slowly after, you know, each show and the months following the shows, I'd take shrooms or something and things would kind of start falling in, into place. But after each show, I started being more creative and making more things and realizing that exactly what it was that I wanted to do was make stages mm-hmm. and be involved in the production and blow people's minds the same way my mind was being blown in that moment. So as I figured that out, um, I started making small foam board sculptures. Um, this all started out in LA and I didn't know why I was moving out there. Um, just kind of an impulse decision, got out there, uh, walked into my apartment that I'd never seen and there was, you know, a 30 foot wall with gallery style lighting all the way down the entire really? thing. It's a nice yeah, shining space. on the wall, wow. empty. There's nothing on the wall. <laughs> just light, 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 light. And I'm like, well, I'm going to make some art. Yeah. So um, I knew why I was there. Um, and I started making little foam board pieces. Um, and I would just like the first one started on a napkin and I just drew it out. And then, um, just before I had any, any skills on Google SketchUp, which even what I do now is extremely basic. I could probably teach someone what I do in a couple of days, mm-hmm. like very easy stuff. It's just takes a lot of time. Yeah. But when I was doing hand cut stuff, all my first 14 or 15 pieces were all hand cut, usually uh, illustration board and foam board. And I'd cut them out. I'd do all my measuring and stuff by hand, cut them all out, start stacking things up and I'd put it on the wall and I'd start my next one. And it was like, as soon as I finished that piece, I was on to the next one. Wasn't even worried about that one anymore because I was mm-hmm. on a mission Hell to yeah. somehow get to the stages. Mm-hmm. And by the time I had like maybe six or seven pieces done, I was like, man, this stuff is, 
you know, where is this coming from? Like, what yeah. is this? And I had a couple pieces that were very in that flow state that I even look back on now. And I'm just like, yeah, I remember that. Because Isn't that amazing? Some of those things you capture so early on. Oh yeah. And also just to reiterate the importance of when you are starting out, just Do make it. shit. Yeah. Just pump it out. Well, I was you know? just experimenting With, and too much trying attachment. new things constantly. Yeah. yeah. I have you a know? lot of artists say like, you know, they're, they're newer artists and they, they get really lost in making one they're trying to make like a masterpiece off the bat it's kind of like dude just keep flinging out yep any idea you have yeah so that's where i I started with these tiny little pieces like you know foot by foot little foam board pieces that would take me two days Mm -hmm. um and now i'm spending time you know two months working on pieces and stuff like that but uh, one of the cool things was i finally started getting those walls filled up and uh, both of my roommates at the time were producers um, nice. one of them's pinwheel and the other one's yacht club. And, um, I brought this little piece out to my buddy, um, Adam, who's yacht club. And I showed it to him and I was like, you know what? I'm going to make a stage one day and you're going to play on it. I said yeah, the same thing you? to my buddy Stark pinwheel. And, um, the first year of the festival pinwheel headlined and the second year, which was this year, mm-hmm. yacht club played on my stage. <laughs> so it was really cool. Those are like two of the only people that I said that to, uh, the third was Mersive, And, um, I saw him at electric forest and had been talking to him on Instagram, like briefly and, uh, ran into him there. And I was like, man, you're like, I'm going to make this stage and you're going to play on it. <laughs> like, same oh, thing. Yeah. And that happened too. That's uh, awesome. He played our festival oh, yeah. and yeah, yeah, it's just, it's so crazy. Like all this stuff happening and thinking back to LA and yeah. the first, the started. very first few pieces. And it's also like, um, it's a testament to where do you put your attention to and, and what do you say you're going to do? You know, yeah. you know, if you, if you think that the world is shit and you think it's going nowhere, that's where it's going to go. But if you, yep. if you dream some big creative fun dreams. Yeah. If you, you focus you might, on illness, then you'll yeah. get illness. It's mm-hmm. the same kind of thing. It works in positive and negative. It's yeah. like focus on the things that you want in your life mm-hmm. and you should have a pretty damn good shot. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, yeah, No doubt. Nothing's guaranteed, but yeah. like if you, you, if you just have that, that gut an feeling aim. and follow it, you know, yeah. there's nothing that can stop you. Exactly. Yeah. Do you, uh, so do you have, you know, did you ever formulate a specific mission with your art? Or are you just kind of watching it unfold? Well, that's like seeing the end goal before I even started was like, I knew that that's where I was going to get. I had no idea how I was going to get there. And I realized once I started making these sculptures that this was the vehicle that was going to lead me to the people that I needed to meet Mm -hmm. and the opportunities that I needed to keep progressing in that direction. I started learning how to use um, Google SketchUp in a more efficient way than I was before. Um, That helped out quite a bit. I had to get out of my comfort zone a lot though, um, which is the way to do it. You know, you can't just move forward being comfortable the whole time. You have to push it. Yeah, you have to constantly... Nobody wants to be uncomfortable, really. Right. But then you start realizing, you know... You have, if you want anything to change, you have to get uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And like, or if you want those few days of those really comfortable days later on, like Corona on the beach days, like you're going to have to bust your ass. Yeah. Yeah, You got to earn that shit or else it's not going to mean that much to you anyway. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I stepped out of my comfort zone. I think the biggest one right off the bat was learning how to do led stuff. Mm -hmm. And I knew that that was a big part of it leading into doing stage stuff and installations for festivals. Mm -hmm. Um, so I had to go on Google and I had to learn what an amp and a volt was and like, what is a ground wire and like these pretty basic things that I had no idea, like 
very, very little idea of what was going on with that. So I learned the very basics of that. Started out using some analog LED strips that, you know, the whole strip plays the same color mm-hmm. at the same time. Then I got into doing digital strips where you can program each individual LED. Nice. And it took me a, like a whole day just to figure out how to power those things. I mean, and it was a very simple diagram on Google that like, <laughs> that now I look back, I'm like, man, how did, I, how did that take me so long to do? You know, that was out of my comfort zone. I was, this is not something that I typically do. It's very like literal mm-hmm. and like to Techie. not, yeah. yeah, the tech stuff not, has not been my, my strength. Yeah. So I was big, like stepping out of my comfort zone for that. I finally, you know, I learned how to solder and like stuff like that and just started slowly growing it and trying new things along the way. I never wanted to, I never wanted to make a piece and be like trying, like doing the same thing I did before. It was always what, Mm -hmm. what can I do new this time? What can I learn this time? Um, and once I moved out of LA, it was time to scale it up quite a bit. And, uh, also, I had access to CNC machines, laser cutters, and stuff like that here in Columbus. Well, back at home in Columbus. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was another big reason for leaving LA, other than the fact that I had no money left, yeah. no space to do anything. <laughs> like, yeah. it must be nice actually living in Columbus, where it's not so expensive. You don't have such financial. I pressure. moved straight back to my mom's house, <laughs> and I started yeah. cranking out art. I mm-hmm. lived there for six months um, with my girlfriend Michaela. And then we moved and got our own place and the studio started kind of getting a little bit bigger not bigger, but like I'd have a garage and a basement rather than just some little room. Mm-hmm. And at my mom's house, I ended up taking over basically every room except her bedroom and the living room. Uh, <laughs> so it was things Shit. that were not possible yeah. back in LA. Yeah. Shout um, out to supportive moms yeah, everywhere. Oh yes. <laughs> she, she came to both the festivals and was bawling. Oh, like, that's, that's, my, awesome. that's my son over there. Oh, that's so sweet. It's so cool to see her there. And just like, she's been there since, you know, day one of me talking about all these things. I'm going to make stages one day, mom. I'm going to take care of you. <laughs> you know, like all these things. And yeah, that's all going to happen because I'm not stopping until it does. <laughs> like, Hell yeah. That's, that's, the mo- that's the mindset, you know. That's so fun Take care too. of mom. You get to, and you get to share it with her too, you know? Like yeah, you have to she cel- gets to be a part of it. She together. came to, she flew out to Denver for the Mira show. Awesome. Oh, did she really? Yeah, she was there. Right on. That's so awesome. Rode scooters around town the other day for like two hours. And, <laughs> you know, first time she got on it, she's like, I don't know about this. She's uh-huh. freaking out. And then, you know, five minutes later, she's zooming around everywhere. So <laughs> it was really awesome having her out here. That's great. It's would, been awesome. Would you say that um, they're like, Taking care of her is a big uh, motivator. Absolutely. For your art. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, always been one of my goals, even before I ever knew how I was going to make the money to pay my mom. (laughs) Give her, I want to buy her house. You know, I want to do these things that like can help her just like enjoy life even more than she already is. Mm -hmm. And like Mm -hmm. not having to worry about like, money at all that's a big thing for us like like middle class lower middle class family like we never had a lot so i'd love to be able to just like give her some extra money to be able to just do some things that she's been wanting to do take a vacation like mm-hmm. yeah that's that's the dream yeah for sure and then base nectar has been the like the fuel behind all of it like going to these shows kind of snaps me back into like grind mode it's always grind mode but like it's the same kind of thing with mushrooms, man. I'll take them, and three months later, that 
super creative energy that I've been riding off of for three months kind of fades out and mm-hmm. then you take the next trip and then that kind of happens again. It's the same thing with bass nectar. Mm-hmm. I'll go to these shows. I'll feel like my tanks are completely refilled. Mm-hmm. I have all this creative energy and just all this extra drive that it's every three or four months you go to a show and yeah. it's like you top the tanks off mm-hmm. and yep. every once in a while they get a little too full <laughs> and yeah. it's just constant, you know? So I go to as many shows as I can and I keep feeling that up. And it's leading me in the direction that I'm going in. It's inspired my art beyond belief. Like the music has straight up inspired the the sculptures that I make in Mm -hmm. a literal way. Totally. Like I, even from when I started, um, everything's been inspired by music. My first piece uh, was called The Drop. And Mm -hmm. it was a very square piece. uh, (laughs) But it had almost like a little waterfall line dropping off of it and i called it the drop because that just made sense Mm. the next one was mystic groove (laughs) um there's more i mean 808 that's another they're all musically inspired but it's again back to that kind of focusing on not focusing the unconscious creation like Mm -hmm. i create these things and then it comes to name them and it's like bam you know yeah. there's no thought in that that's either a, that's how I do <laughs> it, it is yeah. what it is and and that's what it is yeah and it's like an accompaniment <clears throat> it accompanies the music and those combined together yeah, yeah. creates such a more spectacular yeah. experience than one on its own it's, yeah it's it's cool going to see any um high level artist or band or musician do their thing because you you can kind of see like the levels you can reach like bass mm. nectar's production mm-hmm. is insane yeah i mean what lasers sound rig stage design yeah yeah all it, that it's and, like, and it's it, you mm. can kind of see or get an intimation of what it might be like if if you just keep driving mm-hmm. just yeah keep when you see the best shit man you know yeah. or it's like if you go to cosm and you see alex gray's artwork right. you're like oh i want to f- make some killer fucking paintings yeah go yeah. to a tool show like yeah you're gonna be like Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you hear tools on Spotify now? Yeah, I did. I, did. <laughs> I heard that. It's pretty funny. Um, so Kyle, oh, go ahead, Andrew. You go. I would just, so I was just wondering, um, so what's a typical day for you? You know, do you have a ritual or daily uh, practices? I mean, not necessarily because my workspace is all over all over the place mm-hmm. so i've got the idea foundry which is downtown about 15 minutes away from my house uh right now where i'm living uh, a lot of my work has been done out back in the garage so it's usually depending on what i'm doing it's wake up cup of coffee and either straight to the idea foundry or right back out into the garage out back yeah. um now i always have music playing pretty much can't really get into that zone without it Mm -hmm. Um, i'm sure that's a pretty common thing yeah but um one thing that one thing that i've been doing since i moved back from la is actually like visualizing the music and creating that like i was saying that literal piece of art that represents that song or that moment of sound Mm -hmm. or whatever it is it could be an individual sound or an entire album or an entire artist, the feeling that you get from that artist can be translated into a sculpture or a painting. Mm-hmm. So right when I moved back to Columbus, I got a commission and this lady 
um, was like, well, how do we, how do we go about doing this? You know, I've never done this before. I wanted to commission you for this piece of art. And I was like, well, what we could do is you could just send me some music that really inspires you and maybe even a color palette if you want. And like, I may or may not use it, <laughs> but like <laughs> send it and I'll check it out. Yeah. So she sends me, um, Mozart symphony number, what was it? Symphony number 40 in G minor. <laughs> okay. Nice. So this is like yeah. a 28, 30 minute symphony or whatever. I never had exposed myself to this music and actually like listened to it mm-hmm. with intent. Yeah. And it kind of just, I've heard it before. So I listened to this over and over and over and over and over until I found that section of music. Same thing with the grids that I was talking about. I find a piece that really stands out to me and I use that one piece. Mm -hmm. I might have spent two hours on this entire thing and then used a little chunk that took me five minutes. Right, yeah. Um, So it's the same kind of thing with the music. I listen and listen and listen and a part stuck out to me and I started like picking apart that music and it was really interesting for me because I was kind of out of my comfort zone with that type of music, but immediately slipped into this like blissful, like visualizing myself floating in the universe with gardens of like roses next to me. And they were like (laughs) pinks and maroons and tans. And there I pulled my color palette from that. And then I started thinking, what's the structure of this thing going to be like? And this was a very like me being present the entire time. Mm -hmm. So it was very weird, but still there was something else at play there. But I was very present in this one. It was picking apart music and physically making a sculpture about that. It's um, really fun. I pulled That's out awesome. like groups of threes and stuff like this. And even afterwards, I looked into Mozart's music and watched a couple of documentaries and all the mathematics and stuff that people are like finding in his in his art. And it might not have even been intentionally there, right. but mm-hmm. something that he was channeling. Mm-hmm. And I'll even go back this piece in, in particular. It was really crazy because I designed the piece. I went back and I said, okay, I'm going to try to put some golden ratios in this piece. And I went and I started measuring things and they all fucking fit the golden <laughs> ratio already. Nice. Uh, and I checked out on a couple other pieces and they seem to like, it's just this natural way of when we're like putting these things out, like mm-hmm. things just fall into that naturally. Yeah. It's weird. And it was cool to go back and measure those and actually be like, wow, I'm pretty damn close. You know, mm-hmm. isn't that crazy? You can accidentally do that. Ge- yeah. Geometric <laughs> art. Yeah. And uh, I know like Van Gogh hit that without, he wasn't measuring shit, but you tapped in that flow. Yeah. I I usually do them. If I do any double like measuring or checking, it's, it's at the end and I'll check to see if I did use golden ratios there. But I think there was only one piece that I intentionally built it off of that. And I'm actually Mm -hmm. getting back into that now where I'm creating grids based off golden ratio, like shapes Mm -hmm. and then combining grids it's it's hard to explain but it should all fall into that ratio and even if it doesn't it's a grid so it's going to be awesome regardless yeah. i love building <laughs> yeah. things off of grids yeah you can and then cutting them into pieces and flip i just i go crazy with it man i just cut things in parts and i imagine it as like the process of making music you know you make a sound and you cut it in half and you flip it and you put it at least that's how i make music that's very I don't know if that's the right way to do it. <laughs> it is but for you. It's very yeah. visual for me. When I make music, it's extremely visual, and I cannot wait to get this Push 2 controller that my buddy's given me, where it's, oh, nice. now I can physically see this in front of me, yeah. the scales, and I can put colors on different scales, and I can put a color on a note, and I can build my, like, whatever you call them, fucking... Sound palette. Yeah, I, I suppose. I'm building a sound palette, yeah. and then only using that palette for the song yeah and 
doing it. I don't know any music theory. I don't know anything, but to be able to just listen to a sound or listen to a note, put a color on it, listen to another one, put a color on that, mm-hmm. combine some notes, put colors on those. Like if I could start color coding things and seeing them like visually like color blue on the first scale two, the scale two has orange and yellow or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I start like putting these together, then that would be the way that I would do it. That's cool. That's so. a, that's what's so fun about uh, digital creativity. Now it's, you don't have to be like classically trained to make right. awesome right. stuff. It's like whatever weird way you find that works for you to express yourself. Yeah. And uh, you do it honestly and earnestly and yeah. with some like cool shit on the other end. Yeah. And at the beginning stages of any art, I mean, we, we're doing it for ourselves at the bottom, yeah. the bottom line. I still do. Right. I'm sure you guys still do because it's the way. Yeah. <laughs> so although our art can inspire a lot of people mm-hmm. and can do a lot of other things, like at the end of the day, we make it for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I don't know exactly what that means, but like, well, who are you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know. Well, yeah, the self is constantly changing, right? Yeah. That's interesting. So you have to kind of keep up with that. I think that that's where a lot of like maybe discontent can come from being creative is that or getting stuck in a rut is that yourself or your person has changed and your creativity might not be keeping up as quick. And I don't think it can ever actually like keep up or get ahead of that, but yeah it's good to at least like strive for something new and different and follow can just follow your ideas, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I just, uh, I noticed that the first time I ever tried to do a commission, um, and it was like, I had all this information, you know, I want this and I want this specific thing, like flowing into the background, reminiscent of this object. Those are tough. And I'm just like, you know what? I want to make something that I want to make. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to make what you want. Um, and that's when it hit me. I was like, yeah, I do this for myself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, yeah. it's not a selfish thing either. It's like you do this for yourself, but it's something that can have an impact on a lot of people. And now I'm starting mm-hmm. to see that in Instagram is kind of the vehicle for that because people are messaging me, man, you inspired me to do this thing that I've always wanted to do. And I'm like, man, I need to, I never I need to be more active on yeah, here. Yeah, I need to I be more that. active on Instagram. I need to actually post things and describe them and like, because you get one message like that and you're realizing that whatever it is you're doing is inspiring people. Yeah. It's freaking mm-hmm. awesome. Well, that's that whole thing too is that, so you do it for yourself and then as you follow it and you keep doing it, your identification with self body, it starts expanding. And then you know, it becomes like, I've noticed personally at least, like it's non-localized me. You, you start seeing everything and everybody as you mm-hmm. and that you're this passenger watching it all happen and i don't know it, it's just so cool like uh collaborating and sharing with other people because even when somebody says you know you inspire them i like i see it as like all right now we're in collaboration because we're both like resonating at this frequency together right and yeah. you, you're creating art and um i don't know it just it, it's interesting just saying like we we do it for ourselves and like who are we it's almost like it's like a paradox in a way i don't know if there's a better word to describe that but 
Yeah, that's why when I say it, I'm like hesitant because I'm like, well, it is for me, but it's like, what what does that even mean? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but the only way I was able to figure that out is by doing that commission that I ended up not even doing. Right. Um, because I realized that I wasn't supposed to make people make art for other people. I make it for myself and it ends up with yeah. other people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that's how we make what we want to make. Right. Mm-hmm. It ends up touching other people yeah. or like inspiring other people. But it starts with us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't, you can't try and box in someone's creativity with, like, super specific uh, yeah. requests. That's why I usually leave it to when someone hits me up for a commission, I say, well, shoot me a song or an album, Yeah, um, maybe even a color palette yeah. that you like. Yeah, uh, I keep Because I like, can be inspired by color palettes alone sometimes, yeah, yeah. you know. Keep someone it shoots like, you the right one, even a, a nice colors. tan or brown. I'm like, yeah. whoa, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> I don't use a lot in my art right now. And it's like when somebody... Yeah, you want somebody, if they commission you, they dig your style. So it's kind of like, hey, I have maybe a little yeah. nugget and then go wild. Yeah. But sometimes people have a request for a commission. It's like, dude, I think you need to learn how to paint because yeah, yeah. it's very You've specific. Got an idea. <laughs> yeah. You have an actual idea that would feel a lot better to just like try and manifest on your own than paying me a thousand bucks or whatever. Yeah. For, yeah. For a painting yeah and that mozart piece actually she didn't even want to see it until it showed up at her, at her house awesome she didn't see a picture of it i asked her if she wanted to see it and she's like no i know it's going to be amazing yeah that's Those cool. are the and best kind of supporters yeah i absolutely love it she has two of my favor. pieces now nice yeah two of awesome. my like some of my favorite like og pieces from back in the day where like nice. i look back on them i'm like man <laughs> kind of wish i still had that on my wall <laughs> one of them i only had for a few days um and then I shipped it off to her. It ended up getting damaged in the mail. It's, Ooh, I hate it when it, that happens. It looked like this box had been thrown off a building several times mm-hmm. and then smashed with a hammer. It was terrible, <laughs> man. Fragile stickers everywhere. I took a bunch of pictures of it yeah. and ended up getting um, half the money back from FedEx, remaking the piece for her out of wood this time and mm-hmm. shipping that to her. What was it made out of before? Foam board. Foam board. Hand cut foam board. And then the second one was the CNC wood piece. Yeah. Um, this one's called Gravity. Yeah. It was... Uh, it was a circle, but there was no curves. It was all straight lines, but it was, uh, what do you call it when you use points to like draw a line, but it's not like, there's no connections between these. It was like an implied circle, I guess, was what you would say. Um, all, all going down to one central point. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, I finished that piece, named it Gravity and looked at it and I was like, damn, that's a good name for this. <laughs> like <laughs> everything is like, sucking towards the middle with yeah. like extreme power it's a very powerful piece um so i looked at the name i was like that's fucking spot on <laughs> like <laughs> cool um but yeah she has those two pieces the mozart one which was called uh symphonies and she has gravity nice right on it's cool. in texas yeah that male stuff man i'm so oh, I'm nervous about that it's all the so time. Just pay top dollar to get the yeah. professionals to do it. Well, and then I, I don't worry about it. I shipped one out last week, an original. It's thirty by forty. So I went to Home Depot and had them cut a thirty by forty piece of birch plywood, mm-hmm. and then I just stacked bubble wrap and cardboard, just layers of cardboard and fra- fragile stamps all over it, fragile stickers all over it, and uh, insured it for you know the price of the painting. Yeah. So, should be there by Thursday. I well, guess we'll uh, we'll have to have a podcast updating uh-huh. how that went. <laughs> you know, apparently I've heard. I don't know how many people care about this, but with 
especially with USPS, if you insure a package, if you, you have to have that art appraised or else they won't, yeah. they won't recognize the value of it. Well, art's a touchy subject. You could write your name on a piece of paper and sell it for $50,000. Yeah, right. So it's like, you know, that piece of paper gets damaged in the mail. Why should they have to pay $50,000 for it? So that has to go through a separate appraisal process. But how do you get something appraised? You have to go to an art appraiser. I have no idea how that works. <laughs> it's like it's, it's impossible to even put a, a price on art. That like, seems like yeah. a cool gig. Be like, hmm, damn, uh, hundred bucks. Yeah. Piece of shit. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. So that that piece that got damaged for me in the mail um, was insured as much as they would allow, which was only a thousand bucks, and mm. it sold for two thousand. Um, so I took that thousand, remade the piece, shipped it back out, ended up losing a bunch of money on it. But yeah. at the end of the day, dude, like... That's what you got to do sometimes. Yeah, you gotta, I was like not worried. I don't do it for money. None of us do. We mm-hmm. do it because we freaking love it. And it's yeah. an obsession. And it's like inside of us. It's like mm-hmm. deep, some core shit that yeah. we can't even like... Couldn't not do it. What would yeah. I do? I wouldn't know what I would... What would I do? <laughs> Nothing. That, that's one of those things. Um, I think it was Chris Dyer was saying it in one of his art workshops about money is like what you put into the art. So say you lose money on this commission, mm-hmm. but you're dedicating <clears throat> your time and your energy to the art. And that's going to hit you back tenfold yep. at some point in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like, I always like that principle of like, you know, you got to do whatever you got to do to yeah. finish those pieces and get them out there. You well, know? and at the end of the day, you know, if I say something, then I'm going to stick by that. So, mm-hmm. yep. and this, the, this was the first time I underquoted a project by a ridiculous amount. She wanted to do a $500 commission and, and I designed a piece that took me two months. Uh, <laughs> I got, if you broke it down, I probably would have got paid like pennies on the dollar for it. Uh-huh. Yeah. But don't regret it at all. Right. You know, right. At all. Right. Um, she turned around and immediately bought um, the next piece I made, which was gravity. Right. Yeah. One of it was a couple of pieces later. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the the first time I did that. And then the second time was recently, um, I got a $5,000 commission and designed this just absurd piece that even now I look at it and I'm like, how the fuck did I do that? Like, <laughs> it's very, very complex compared to anything I've ever made. Uh, it's 22 layers. It's five feet by five feet probably going to weigh close to 200 pounds Damn. it's got 11 infinity mirrors in it 1500 leds all completely programmed damn um it's got so when you do the program leds is it something is it locked in then once you program it so it'll like always... it can change as much as you want to but um that is something that's out of my realm so i've ended up meeting somebody Mm-hmm. A friend of a friend of a friend at the perfect time last two years ago for uh, the stage that I was doing. I built these pieces, had no idea how I was going to control them, put animations on them, because all I knew how to do was run demo code, mm-hmm. stuff that was pre-made okay. um, that you can download. Mm-hmm. So I happened to meet um, now a good friend of mine who's essentially like, he's my LED wizard. You know, if I have like a project in mind and I team up with him on it and he does the coding side of it, but we sit down and do the creative part of the coding together where Mm -hmm. I'll be like, Ooh, can we, can we flip this part or can we cut this into chunks and Mm -hmm. like very visual ways of describing things? And he'll be like, well, you know, I'm not sure if we can do that. And then two minutes later, you know, I pop back over to the table and he's like, yeah, I figured it out. (laughs) So it's that's the way that this goes. It's like that, that's all a fun part of the we'll creative. work together yeah. to be like, 
you know, here's some cool ideas and then he'll figure out how he can do it. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of rearranging things and testing different things out until he's like, okay, perfect. Hell yeah. So, and it's kind of funny because that, um, the led mesmerator mesmerator piece that was in the mirrors gallery, the Carrie, Carrie Thompson and, um, Mm -hmm. photonic bliss. Yeah. Shit was Um, wild. I have never actually met Carrie. I've never talked to him, but I imagine that he is in a very similar boat as me is like, he knows the things he needs to know to communicate with the people to do yeah. that actual coding. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the artist, the designer behind the thing. He yeah. needs to work with someone else to actually get that tech side of things into there, which is 100% what I do. You know, I I could spend years doing that tech stuff and, you know, it would just be kind of a waste of my time because rather I could stay focused on the visual, the sculptural side of things and team up with someone like Justin, my buddy mm-hmm. who can come and do magic things with the code. Yeah. So like well, that's such collaboration, cool, man. Yeah. That's what's so yeah. cool. Right. As, as the thing grows and you want to take it to a higher and higher level, how more people start coming on board. Yeah. And yeah, exactly how I imagined it too. Mm-hmm. Um, the art being the vehicle in which I was going to meet the people that I needed to meet to take exactly. this thing to where it's going. Yeah. And it's happening. And now, you know, I'm already in contact with a ton of production companies in Columbus and riggers and guys that I can help set up my stage next year and coders and people that have experience with interactives and technology. Yeah. So like, you know, these are all things that I need to be able to meet these people so that I can stay focused on, you know, moving this, the vision of the, the sculptures. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. also build some sort of sense of, community around your art too yeah 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 that way. that's something that um has been developing and now with the festival growing as fast as it is, as it is uh, a lot more people wanting to be involved and i mean that's huge because time is so valuable you know to yeah. be able to have a bunch of people put their heads together on a project opens doors because with just one or two people that project would have taken months right mm-hmm. and a lot of effort which it's always a lot of effort yeah <laughs> yeah totally so do you have, I want to kind of steal a question that Michael Garfield threw at us before. Um, do you have, if there was no constraints on anything, do you have this like ultimate mega fucking yes. interesting thing you want to build? Yes. Um, yeah, I don't want to talk about it though. Because <laughs> <laughs> nice. honestly, it's, there's probably so many people that have the same idea. Right. And like, that's how it is with everything. You know, everyone's chasing very similar, very similar ideas, but yeah. I have an idea of a extremely modular venue that would change every time you showed up to the place. I mm. mean, thousands of stages, potentially <laughs> <laughs> unlimited Damn. stages, oh, unlimited. Right. I mean, totally immersive 360 degree environment mm-hmm. that you could interact with as well. But I'm sure there is plenty of these already popping up in, <laughs> in uh, people's laptops and whatnot. And mm-hmm, yeah. there's so many things I haven't seen, you know, even just, um, I haven't really experienced VR to the fullest yet. Um, I haven't either. Any kind of like projection dome type thing or burning man. I've never been there. Mm-hmm. Tons of cool installations and like, mm people just pushing it constantly. So I haven't really necessarily seen all these things. I don't know everything that's happening out there, but I do have this vision of this really, really awesome venue. Um, Sweet. Never getting designed until things are quite, you know, it's, it's so out of reach right now, (laughs) which is funny because, you know, the stage that I just did, like so out of reach for what I was doing, man, like making, paper sculptures and Mm -hmm. hanging them on the wall and then going and making a 25 foot 
fully projection map stage that like some of my favorite artists were going to play on like this was no joke it had to be safe there was a yeah. lot of things in play and i was way over my head but luckily so many people were right there like yeah. pulling all-nighters with me you know the yeah. nights before to make sure this thing was going to happen so much support it's unreal <clears throat> yeah, that's what it takes to make stuff like that happen right and that's the most uncomfortable I've ever been in my entire life. Hell yeah. For sure. Did you just not sleep very much? I didn't sleep. You know, I was, I was feeding myself, but I was so busy and running around like crazy that it just, it wasn't, wasn't ideal. Uh, and after being up for three days straight, just literally working every hour, uh, my body was completely done, mm-hmm. but the adrenaline was keeping me through, you know, I still had to run my led lights for uh immersive and yeti and kill smith (laughs) so i'm like hanging in there the adrenaline's keeping me through it and then as soon as yeti was done and off the main stage we shut off at midnight for the sound ordinance and moved inside i couldn't even move you know (laughs) i couldn't i took a couple steps back and like a bunch of friends and family would come oh my god i'm so proud of you like dude this is so amazing like thank you (sighs) Uh, <laughs> is, that, is that so funny? Like you get inspired to create something like that by having a blast in the crowd. And then by the time you're the one doing the damn thing, you're like, oh. so that is hilarious because yeah. I, so I was running these, uh, these two led sculptures for those three sets. And, uh, immersive is like one of my favorite artists right now. Uh, was like the big one that I wanted to get in the festival because he's inspired me so much. And actually the piece that I just posted on my Instagram, that is a gift to him. Oh really? Yeah. What's that piece called? It's called mind sounds. Okay. Um, we'll have to listen to that song or at least this certain part that there's one single note that inspired that piece. Um, <laughs> and it's like this like deep sea, like submarine bass noise. It was yeah. like, wall. <laughs> I immediately like, I'm imagining this like submarine with these massive like subs on it yeah. <laughs> under just underwater just blasting and in the <laughs> surface of the ocean, you've got these waves. Yeah. And, yeah. That was Winston if you heard Winston, it. Winston's chiming in. Uh, he's like, I've been there. <laughs> so at the surface, you've got these waves. And underneath the water, you have this submarine loaded with freaking massive subs shooting this really colorful noise up through the surface of the water. As it breaks the surface, you have the colors from this like chartreuse like yellow color all the way to this super hot pink like mm-hmm. straight up like energy coming through the surface. Now, when you look at the different planes in that piece, it's there's three of them. There's the surface of the water and then the surface of the sound breaking through and it's got a different plane. But it's like, it's really interesting how it all came together because I was inspired by that sound and I sat down and I designed a very, very tiny piece of this like sculpture, mm-hmm. like essentially the corner of it. And I brought that into the computer and next thing I know the piece is in front of me and it looks better than I could have imagined. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of had an idea of what I wanted to do, but not really sure how it was going to work. And looking at the piece on the wall, I'm like, it's pretty much how I wanted it to be better than I wanted it to be. Cause I didn't know Mm. you never really know what it's going to be yeah it's cool every once in a while you actually surprise yourself yeah it's like most paintings for me is i get really excited for it and then at the end i'm like oh well 
I'll do better next time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it happens all the time. <laughs> but then yeah. every once in a while, one pops out. And you're like, oh, yeah, all right, I'm on. Yeah, I'm I mean, on. even this piece, I spent about 500 hours on it um, throughout yeah. since February. I mean, it's just unbelievable amounts of prep work. I kind of, in my mind, imagined it would be somewhere around like a 300-hour piece. Mm-hmm. But um, there was 50 different colors that I mixed um, and I used golden high flow acrylics. So it's nice thin paint, easy to make gradients yeah. with it. You can yeah. really dip down the gradient well and work your way up and down until you get a smooth transition between each color and not one color that just skips more than right. it should. Yeah. Um, so two gradients, one was 35 colors that was from the yellow to the pink. And then the other gradient was 15 colors. And that was from this light, you know, baby blue, sky blue up into this really dark, um, like turquoise greeny type blue mm-hmm. um so with that that's where most of the time came from i mean prep work was insane but then painting each color out of a, a spray gun and then cleaning that gun out to put the next color oh, yeah. in and you know four layers of you know four coats of paint and the trick the tricky part with this uh the transparent paint is you could put three coats on on each one and then put your all your pieces next to each other and your gradient could be very iffy you know five that looks smooth one that jumps real quick mm-hmm. so the the trick part the trick about that is with the transparent colors you have to be putting the exact amount of paint on i mean you have to go farther like if you only do three layers you're not going to get that max color right. if you do four it's better five it's like okay you're getting the max color mm-hmm. for sure your gradient's going to look great but by five layers, you start to get some of that little texture build up in the paint. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like to find a, a medium in there, like two or three. But with the transparency, I had to do more because I couldn't risk getting this whole thing done and then having you know seven or eight more colors that I had to go back and add another layer to. Yeah, yeah. So did you you primed it first? I'm yeah, yeah. Everything was primed first, and then um, it hasn't got a protective coating yet. But when I get back to Columbus. Um, I got to do some testing with uh, a couple of different um, coatings, but do you spray that on as well? Yeah, yeah, and usually I'll do that before assembly. Um, but with this one, it was so many pieces that like I figured it would be best if I did it while it was already assembled. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of like weird nooks and crannies on this piece too, so I need to do some testing before I'm down to ruin a $500 piece yeah, <laughs> or 500 hour piece. Yeah. yeah zero dollar piece <laughs> literally it's a gift yeah and i tell people it's a gift and they're like are you kidding me dude you could be making money off that i don't care you know yeah I, this is a gift to someone who's inspired me more than i could ever imagine yeah. and if i could inspire that person somehow like that is totally enough for me mm-hmm. you know yeah. if that could somehow go full circle and he created a, a song or even a sound or something inspired by that sculpture like sculpture that, that inspired would be amazing. by a sound yes. inspiring yeah. a song again. yes yeah. full circle that's awesome do you so, have a, like, um, have you, you haven't been doing this for like even that long, really? You I know, don't even that, think it's been five years. Which is wow. crazy, right? And, uh, nice, man. I mean, were you, did it take you time to build confidence to share your work and to ask for gigs or were you kind of just ready to go? I've never asked for a gig. Um, I, so I like shut myself off very much so. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate Instagram. I hate going on there and doing 
that. Yeah. <laughs> but I realize it's very important to like yeah, you the business to. side of things mm-hmm. and like recently being able to like have conversations with people that I've inspired, like that it's necessary. I have to keep doing that. Unfortunately, that's the way it is. But like when I first started it, man, I made, like I said, seven or eight pieces or something like that. And then I had it all there and I realized I had to start an Instagram so that I can keep everything in one place mm-hmm. and um, never really like put too much effort into that or like asked for any gigs or anything. But like, that's why I need, I need a business partner. I have a hard time talking about like my art or like putting myself out there. Yeah. Cause I feel like it's like, Hey, look at me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but it's, even though that's not what it is, it just feels that way. Um, yeah, the dream is kind of to be able to just make your shit yes. and then somebody else deals with all the other yes. aspects. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, man, <laughs> you got to have this piece ready for that or you got to be here then. And then yeah. you just get to focus on making stuff. Yeah, that's the goal. I mean, at some point you could get there. You yeah, know, I'm like, sure. I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I like essentially will shut myself away, make a piece, finish it, hang it on the wall and do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I won't even think about how I'm going to sell it or if I'm going to put it in a show. And I've been fortunate enough to have shows reach out to me, like the Miris thing, like yeah. that blows my mind. And now I'm going to start probably getting a little bit more out there and sending some stuff out and mm-hmm. trying to be involved in more things like that. So it was amazing. Confidence booster, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, the, the dream is to just kind of not have to deal with any of that. Just make the art. Yeah. And then it ends up where mm-hmm. it ends up. Exactly. Yeah. That's where it started. Yeah. I- often dream that the art world would be more like the music world where we would have like a uh, managers yeah know, just like kind of like full-time tour managers mm-hmm. or uh studio managers i guess or something. yeah um but i guess you kind of have to hire people and yeah i think it's that thing okay. where like you have to figure out how you have to figure out how to make it a big enough thing that you can hire right. people yeah. to take over all that shit you don't right. want to do. Right. <laughs> and yeah. it's, ne- it's, yeah, it's like, yeah, we, we don't want to do it, but it's necessary. And it also takes time away from oh, us yeah. just making new shit, which is what keeps us going. I think yeah. as artists, that is an interesting thing, right? As the, as your art takes off, sometimes you have so much less time to actually just do the raw right. creative part of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But hey, I guess that's what you said. It's like up for. yeah, it's a it's one of those like good problems to have. Yeah, right. I, I, w- I wouldn't trade it for any anything yeah. else. But. Yeah, I think so. The, so Kyle, tell us about your festival. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's one of those crazy things that's unfolded into uh, something massive. Honestly, um, now if if anybody's ever been to Columbus. For a long period of time, not long, but you'll realize that it doesn't quite have what Denver has or what some of these other places have with the really tight knit art community, music scene, just tons of creative stuff happening, backyard stages, like really, really cool stuff. Um, and it just wasn't there in Columbus, and I was ready to up and move. And yeah. kind of one of the reasons why I probably moved to LA uh, was just like I was just ready for something new. Uh, moved back to Columbus and I was having a conversation with someone at the hotel that I worked at and complaining basically to him about how Columbus didn't have what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And he kind of chuckled and said, well, then make it. Yeah, <laughs> It's not here. Make it yourself. He was dead serious. Looked me in the oh, eye yeah. and said that to me. And I took that in like over, over the next couple of weeks, like, damn, 
Because what I said, my response to him was, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, that's like this huge thing. There's no way, like, there's no way it could happen. And he's like, yeah, whatever. That's how you, that's your mindset. And that's Mm -hmm. what you'll get, you know? Exactly. And he was gone two days later, moved to a different job. (laughs) And I was like, damn. (laughs) Did that guy just get that job just to tell me that? (laughs) Like those kind of things. Do you ever think about that? Yeah. Yeah, We could uh, get tangential with it, but yeah. (laughs) So it, it kind of like, it kind of settled in. And, um, it was probably a few months later, I had a studio at 400 West Rich and Mm -hmm. I met, um, Ryan McKee and Ryan Ransom, who are two of my business partners in it, two of the founders, um, the two festival. Yeah. Nice. So they came to my studio and saw some of my sculptures. I probably had like 10 pieces on the wall that day. Um, immediately started talking about base nectar and art and like galleries and all these things. And, um, I knew immediately like these people were very much on the same page as me. And as I got to know them more and more, I was like, these are the guys that I need to work with. Um, they had the exact same vision, man. They had been like, these guys are best friends since, you know, three or four years old. Yeah. So nice. they grew up together. They've gone to tons of galleries and, and festivals all around the country. Um, they're four years older than me. So they've seen more than I have. They've mm-hmm. been more places and seen more of these kind of things. Um, so meeting them was step one. Um, a couple months later, we actually sat down um, to plan out an art show. And it was just going to be a show at a gallery couple DJs playing some music in the background, maybe have like, uh, some food there or something like mm-hmm. something pretty simple. Was it all your art? I had everything there. Everything that I made was there. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty cool, right. but it was more of a way to like get a bunch of artists together and just have a show, mm-hmm. just okay. have a little party. And it was more of like a party than, than it, that's what we were planning, you know, yeah, some yeah. kind of art party. Yeah. Um, about 15 minutes into the first meeting, we're realizing like what kind of connections people had and it quickly shifted into festival planning. Uh, so planned out our first festival. We got a grant from the city that covered, you know, half the festival, Um, tons of sponsorships that gave us like over 1600 free beers. Um, so the festival was free. There's free beer, free, free everything. Whoa. Um, so that got a thousand people to show up mm-hmm. and nobody had any, any idea what they were showing up for. We had no idea what we were even doing. Mm-hmm. Like we were just going to throw a fun party. Um, I built a stage for it. That was my first stage and something I'd been dreaming about for a long time, but very much a level one stage, like entry level. Like I knew I couldn't do too much. Sure. So I took it a little bit slow, focused on the gallery and interactive art, and uh shit i mean we had that festival vibe like that that ambience ambiance that like you see at bigger festivals yeah. just that feeling mm-hmm. it was there man and it's happening we had no idea that was going to happen uh, a couple months after that we started getting messages from people and seeing events pop up like that were inspired by ours or people that said like wow this really you know, got me started on the thing that was in the back of my head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was cool. Um, we kind of built off that and this year we wanted to really make it a, make it a goal to inspire as many people as we possibly could have as much interactive art as we possibly could. Um, so we had 
we had the festival at 400 West Rich, which is my old studio where we actually met for the first time. There's 150 artist studios in this building. It's an old warehouse that they redid and built studios in. Um, there's a big backcourt area and like a big, they call it the promenade area inside. So we had an indoor stage, uh, which we had a lot of our jammier music and kind of the bands and stuff mm-hmm. on that stage. And then the outdoor stage, which was my second stage design that I've done, um, absolutely dwarfed last year's stage. So anybody that came to last year showed up this year and was just like, holy shit. <laughs> nice. I remember those two little pieces that are now <laughs> hidden within this giant sculpture. Mm-hmm. So it was cool to like watch the growth. Oh, yeah. um, we doubled again this year, 2000 attendees, just about nice. um, tons of sponsors again. I mean, we worked with the guys from um, dream boy audio brought pk sound and shook the entire neighborhood for like five blocks <laughs> so that was great <laughs> uh but it, i think the coolest part about it was just like all these things that we talked about at our meetings and you never know who's going to follow through with what you know it's totally. we're still at a very we're very young so you know trusting people to go out and do these things on their own and then you know there was quite a bit of collaboration happening as well but the day of the festival you start to see like everybody just busting their ass to get their job done and yeah. it all lined up perfectly. Yeah. And we had an amazing festival, it ran smoothly. We didn't have any incidents. Nice. You know, it, it was just people executing their jobs and even going above that to, to help, you know, me with the stage and our the prep that we had to do with that. I had a lot of people donate a lot of time to make that possible. Um, just overall, it was absolutely a dream come true like, there's no other way i can put it into words nice that's awesome. it's like something that i've been dreaming about for a very long time and it kind of falls perfectly in line with this vision of the art leading me to the stage design right. and the things these bigger things that i want to do um you can't just go make a stage for somebody you know right you've got to do it first mm-hmm. you've got to kind of build up your portfolio and a bit then they before see someone like, can oh, be shit. like that guy can execute or this Mm -hmm. guy can do the thing that we want. Mm -hmm. So I knew that that was the only way. And as the festival started to develop, you know, after last year, I was like, wow, here's my platform. You know, this is my platform to be able to build these stages. And then even after this year, realizing that it's a platform for all these other artists, a lot who had never even been in a show, Mm. some that were traveling nationally and doing murals all around the world. Um, It was a really good combination of, a lot of different things we had workshops um like sign language workshop and just a ton of different activities to keep people busy like scavenger hunt and stuff like that so (laughs) it was uh it it kicked off hopefully something that can change columbus and create a create a scene super cool yeah super tight-knit kind of connected art and, and music community that's great where people can collaborate with each other you know, we want to start collective, like start a collective and like a community space and these kind of things are on the radar for sure. Nice. But it's really, really, really cool to just watch this unfold and watch it connect all these different people. And now we have this like massive group of people that are like fully dedicated to this thing. So it's going to awesome. just continue to grow. Sweet. Cool, and cool. it's called <clears throat> What Fest? Yeah, it's called What Fest, What Music and Arts Festival. Yeah. Um, I, there are already two What Fests in the country. <laughs> uh, I think one of them's in Wyoming and the other one's in West Virginia. It's like a country music festival. Uh, um, I think you're good. Yeah, we're, we're good. It's uh, so we're what music and arts festival officially. Um, everybody when, when calls does it, it go down. 
So it was July 27th this year. Um, You're going to try and have it that same kind of weekend? It'll be year? roughly around the same weekend, if not the same weekend. Cool. Um, it's a good time of year to do it. Yeah. Especially with uh, end of July being like really good as far as the weather. And, mm-hmm. and that was yeah. huge for us this year. I took a massive risk with the stage not being covered because it was going to be another $4,000 to get the tent that needed to cover that entire stage. Yeah. So was rolling the dice, hoping yeah. for good weather. Yeah. We got it. It couldn't have been any better, man. That's nice. great. We'll keep your eyes out for what fest. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations. By the way. That's awesome. Thank you. That's Thank huge. You. Yeah. Yeah. I was very, very proud of everybody, man. It's, it was really awesome just to see everybody like follow through with the things that they were saying yeah you know and that's like uh that's a big part of the hero's journey too right you left home saw people doing cool shit other places and then you you went back home yeah and brought that vibe to where you're from they didn't yeah. have it you know yeah yeah i mean i will say this it's impossible without the people i'm working with mm-hmm. like i could yeah. never never do this on my own no one could ever do it on their own totally exactly it's such a yeah. grassroots thing like yeah started off with you know i know this guy who does this and you know my buddy's sister does this thing and mm-hmm. we'll just bring all these people together and we'll do it all at this spot. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like next thing you know, we got lighting, we've got all the things that we need vendors, and yeah. free beer. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. We actually had our own beer this year. Uh, it was a what jam session. Dang. <laughs> nice. Uh, strawberry IPA. <laughs> <laughs> so that was pretty cool too. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really important to have hubs like that build your own hub kind of, you know, where you're from. Um, we, I, we couldn't pull it off where I lived at the time. Yeah. I'm from Lexington, which yeah. is kind of just down the road from, yeah, US. a couple hours from us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's important because so many people are moving to Denver and lots of people constantly moving to places like San Fran and yep. Austin and just Portland. Yeah, I mean, this is where my mind was at, you know, yeah. I was like, well, it's not here, so I'm going to go where it is, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I'm actually glad that it's happening the way it is because now we have a chance to like take our hometown and like make something yeah, that build we it. want. Yeah, yeah. And there's so many people in Columbus that want this same thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just, it's not something you can even put your finger down on, but anybody that goes to festivals and like experiences these kinds of things and has been out to Denver, you know, it's my first time really like exploring denver and actually spending time here mm-hmm. um amazing vibes out here um boulder is freaking beautiful i see myself living here at some point yeah but uh-huh. we've got some business to do in columbus first <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> so however long that takes um and then whatever's next cool awesome <clears throat> well what do you got coming up next anything just studio time or? so the plan is when i get back home in a few days um get cracking on this massive commission piece uh that I was talking about with the uh, 11 infinity mirrors five by five piece. Um, Luckily that's not getting shipped. It's actually getting personally driven out to LA where it's going to live. Nice. So less worried about that, that side of things finally. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm pretty stoked for this piece. It's something that like I look at and I'm just like, how the fuck did I do that? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I'm looking forward to like continuing to learn a lot of stuff from this one. Cause it's, uh, definitely out of my comfort zone. Awesome. And I learned Great. so much off that immersive piece that I just finished. Um, 
kind of back to what you were saying with you finish a piece and then you're like, well, you know, better, I'll do better next time. Mm -hmm. So I, I still had that same feeling with this one. You mm -hmm. know, it's yeah. amazing. I love it. I'm, I'm really like happy with the way that it turned out, but I will do better next time. Hell yeah. Every piece. You. It's like mm -hmm. you learn so much throughout the entire process. No doubt. So yeah. it just gets better. Cool. Cool. Well, Thanks for joining us, Kyle. Yeah. Thanks tell, for having me. Real quick, tell people where they can find you on Instagram. Stuff yeah, like so my, my Instagram is artbydeneen, A-R-T-B-Y-D-I-N-E-E-N. -E -E um, I don't really use Facebook or anything too much, so I just keep Instagram as like my hub for yeah, my cool. art. But yeah, you can find me there, shoot me a message, and I'd love to like answer any questions about my process or anything like that. Uh, which is something that I'm going to be trying to dig more into. Yeah. yeah. The Mirror Show kind of opened me up. To, I need to explain more of this and show the process of it. So like definitely keep an eye on the Instagram stories because I feel like that's a really good way to get out like process stuff, mm -hmm. yep. behind the scenes stuff. Totally. Oh, yeah. Well, go check them out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank thanks. you guys. Yeah, thanks for coming by, man. Yeah. yeah. All right. Peace. Later. Thanks for listening to another episode of RCAF Podcast. For additional images and notes on this episode, you can check out our website, rcafpodcast.com. And you can find me, Andrew Norris, at andrew.norris.arts on Instagram. And andrewnorrisarts.com is my website. I also have links on my website to episodes as well as all my best paintings. And you can find me, John Speaker. My website is johnspeaker.com. On Instagram, I'm at John Speaker. And on Facebook, John Speaker Art. And we want to give a special thanks to Blair Speaker, John's lovely wife and creative director of the podcast. She also updates the website and does all the podcast notes. So thank you, Blair. And we'd also like to thank Tyler Billman. He created the music for this podcast. You can find Tyler on SoundCloud and Instagram. His name is Get Billsman. That's G-E-T-B-I-L-L-S-M-A-N. Thanks again for listening. Peace. Thank you. <laughs>